And here we are. Guess who's back? Comedian Jacob Wheels returns and sits on the blue seat with me tonight. Actually, it was earlier this day. And we uh, catched up. Jacob Wheels, man. That guy. You know, those people out there, I'm not sure if they knew already, but I run a comedy open mic Wednesday nights at Cafe Friscotti. And considering how it was given back to me, considering the, the work we put in, we're finally in a place where the open mic is in a good place within the uh, community there in the Sofa District. I, I, I believe, you know, from the positive feedback I've been receiving, it is once again a positive um, contribution to the art scene. You know, and people, you know, say, Jorge, good job, this and that, but you know what? It, it's not my open mic anymore. It's our open mic and that and because if you are to talk about the success of the Friscati open mic you also got to put in the conversation uh, Jacob Wheels who is my guest on this episode and uh, Miranda Caravello and Matt Regan I when I approached them when it was given back to me about you know kind of taking on uh, some kind of responsibility and risks creative risks at least to do an open mic together, which we will have writing sessions and sketches and improv sets and kind of, you know, practically, we're practically volunteering our time for this because we love uh, comedy and doing it. And Jacob Wheels was one of the first names that, that popped into my head to ask to be part of this team. And I'm glad that he is because he is a pivotal role. He plays a pivotal role when it comes to the Friscati com- comedy open mic. And the guy, he's so modest. He'll never tell you, but he is. He's a good guy. Very talented writer. And I'm very happy that he came this time around to once again chat with me. It's been a while. I think he was one of my first uh, guests I had on this podcast when I first started. So it was good to, about a year later, to catch up with him and see what's up. What's going on? Pick his brain. And we had some interesting subjects, I must say. Um... But before we get there, please, if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast, whether you're listening from SoundCloud or from iTunes or from Stitcher or from any other uh, hosting site. And if you haven't already, check out the website, jmspodcast.com. There's plenty of more content to check out. Uh, there's much more than just interviews with uh, here on the podcast. I do have videos available and pictures and, and I, have a, I have a food culture blog that you can check out. And I highly recommend it. So check it out. JMSpodcast.com And all people, the countdown has begun. This month is my last month as a student. I am graduating at the end of this month. And I'm not taking it very well necessarily. I'm stressing out. The insomnia has kicked in. You know, I'm having all these uh, questions about life. And I'm pretty much in panic mode right now. But uh, I- I'm hanging in there. You know, I'm trying to do my things. and But it's hard. I'm in this crisis. I'm not sure those of you who are listening in who graduated, I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about. And it's that feeling of, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do <laughs> after I graduate. I'm pretty sure everybody gets that. But hey, you know, I, it, it's... For 26 years, I have identified myself as a student. Now, for the first time ever, I no longer have that label. So, I have no idea who I am anymore. 
people are like, oh, well, you're a human being. No, fuck you. I'm not just a human being. You know, we we live in a society full of labels and categories, and, and we all have to give ourselves titles and positions to fulfill our role in society, and I don't have one necessarily after I graduate. Like, oh, Jorge, you're an artist. No, fuck you. I am not an artist. All right. I've met artists. I respect artists. They put up much more than I do when it comes to, to the field out there. And you're like, oh, hey, stop being so negative on yourself. Well, I can't help it, all right? I'm graduating in a month, all right? I'm freaking out. I don't know what to do. I don't know. But, hey, if you do know what to do or if you have any stories of how you handle this pressure, please send them my way at jmspodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear about it. I could use uh, the stories and, and, and the words of encouragement. This is me. Yes, you're like, all right, come on. Stop, stop looking for, you know, compliments and shelter well it's not so much i want to hear how other people handle this pressure of graduating and not necessarily knowing who they are going to become once the time comes oh man all right uh we got a special treat today because uh uh hopefully jacob takes in a good sport but i'm not sure not many people know but jacob wheels actually has a musical background yes he was once in a punk ska band in his younger years. Well, the guy's still young. The guy's like, what, 25? Well, in his, you know, early 20s, he played a trumpet in this punk ska band, and they made a couple songs. They even have a music video that's on YouTube. Uh, the band was called uh, Pollo Cero, which is Spanish for Chicken Zero. And I'm going to put on some of his music. Uh, the first song, it's called No Name, and it's pretty much Jacob playing the trumpet, uh, he, which is not bad because I have his trumpet currently. I borrowed it from him. Uh, I'm trying to learn how to play the trumpet because I'm trying to impress my gal. It's not working out so good. The trumpet is much harder than, than it looks. Uh, my gal, she's really into like high-end jazz stuff, and well, I'm not much of a jazz guy. I'm a blues guy, so... Uh, I am extremely failing trying to even put out one note. And I'm listening to Jacob's song. And although it's not the best trumpet playing in the world, it's still a lot better than what I could do currently. And uh, and if you ever, if you're listening to the song and you're like, what the fuck am I listening to? That was the whole aim of this song. This is the kind of band that he was into. He wanted to make music that wanted people to stop what they're doing and ask themselves what the fuck am I listening to so I'm going to play a song no name before we get to the conversation and after the conversation I'm going to put his other song which is called Airplanes so uh, here's my talk with Jacob Wheels and um, here's the song As I made my way over there She didn't care Standing there with the crazy 
Talking on microphones. That's what I'm saying. Or speakers. That's what you, I'm... you're telling me. You just recorded a podcast. So, you know. You're I mean, all... I don't like it. Why not? <laughs> I just I don't know. I I would always be made fun of as a child. You know, I have my reasons why not to like my my voice, but were you made fun of too? I feel like I mumble a lot though. Like that's you know problem. what? That's that's something very common. I've been told since high school was that I mumble. You mumble a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm not sure about you, but I don't really notice it. Yeah, I don't notice it either. And then people are like, what? And I'm like, well, I told you this. Especially because um, in high school, I was in, in, you know, talking about plays. Because uh, earlier today, Jacob was telling me he went to Palo Alto last night. Are we recording? Yes, we're recording. Oh, shit. Uh, last night, Palo Alto, you went to go see... Um, Into the Woods. Into the Woods. Yeah. Which you say was not your thing, but you enjoyed it, right? It was cool. Yeah, no, I dug it. The music was cool. Um, it's just... I mean, I wouldn't go back to see it. <laughs> You give it a like a matinee. Yeah, not rating. even that. You know what I mean? It's kind of like when you see a movie and you're like, just rent it. Don't like, or no, wait till it's on like it. cable to yeah. watch it. And don't go out and get it. That's that's how I feel about it. But with plays, it's difficult because it's like, um, yeah. who is it? Charlie Kaufman, um, one of my favorite screenwriters, who also writes plays. He says that plays are alive, meaning every time you see a play. 
although it's been done so many times by other people, each time would be different because the way these this company interprets it will be something different, and that they're performing in front of a live audience as opposed to a film where it's like you watch it yeah away from the actors no that makes sense you know because also the the actors they get they feed off the emotions of the audience too so like if the if the crowd's really digging it if the audience is really digging it they're gonna be like yeah which, which brings it to question a stand-up show i mean i'm pretty sure the answer is always it, it's always the best when live yes but I think there might be some stand-up situation where it's best seen on the screen. Just in case you don't enjoy it, you could just easily click exit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? As opposed to being stuck at, at, at a stand-up show you're not enjoying. I'm just blabbering on. No, I mean, I have a, a Mitch Hedberg CD, mm-hmm. right? And I love listening to that in the car, but I can't, like, sit down and watch his special for some reason. The 30-minute special made? Yeah. Really? I mean, it's good. Don't get me wrong, but don't get me wrong, but um, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's like visually, it's not in, it's not it's not visually uh, stimulating. I guess you would say like it's it's more about his writing. Right. Interesting. Right? Uh huh. That's how I feel because I'm just like it's just the guy up there. Like that's a whole different component now. It's just audio. Just listening to a stand-up special. Yeah. No, it's great. Wow. Oh, okay. And then um, I don't know. It's weird, man. Like, just seeing him, Mitch Hedberg, up, up on stage, it's just kind of, like, boring. Like, the jokes are still funny, but now, I don't know what it does. Now, did you first hear Mitch Hedberg stuff audio-wise, or did you first see him, like, like I think I saw him on, on Comedy, Comedy Central. Like, I actually seen... So, no, so I, it, it wasn't like, hey, this guy sounds so funny, and in your mind, you make up, you imagine how he looks like, and then, then you see him in person, and you're like, oh, that's disappointing. Was no, it? he pretty much looks like he sounds. Oh, okay. Yeah, actually, you know what? The first time I saw Mitch Hedberg was on Shorties Watching Shorties. You ever watch that show on Comedy Central? They no. animate. Oh. They what? animate stand up like their uh, like comedian sets, and like they add like these funny gags into them. And that's the first time I ever seen him. Oh. And it was the joke about uh, a duck walking into like a subway or something like that, or like bread is free at Subway if you say it's for a duck. And they animated that to where, like, a duck's walking into a subway. Yeah. That's the first time I saw him. That's pretty funny. Mitch Hedberg, man. That guy's great. Uh, <laughs> he's both... He's, he's really... You know, I think he's, he's he's underrated. You think so? I think so. I think he's rated just the right amount. No, I don't think enough people outside of the comedy circuit know about him. You know? Maybe. Like, if you talk to the average person, you know, they, they tell you, you know, the top... 20 comedians are out there but they most likely not know about Mitch Hedberg like he was Mitch Hedberg was not just you know uh, a great joke writer but he was uh, like a comics comic in some way yeah because he he was so different and unique that comedians respected how different he was Mm -hmm. no I definitely get that too I can see where you're coming from because he's not like very he's not mainstream you know he didn't act a lot right he didn't yeah, you know, and he, he and he couldn't, you know, the fucking drugs in his veins. Yeah, you know, <laughs> kind of fucked with him. I think it was in trying like, to stay still and shit. He, I remember seeing him in like uh, an episode of that '70s show, like really random cameo. Mm. And I was like, like he can play himself on that '70s show, but he cannot play anyone else because <laughs> he basically he was just him. He was just him as a store clerk or something like that. That '70s show, man. I grew up with that show. 
I think about it. It's pretty funny how things ended up for those people. I only know Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. I don't know what happened to the other people. They're out doing things. Probably. Yeah. Oh, th- this is what we're talking about. Going back to why we started this conversation <laughs> was that I mumble a lot. And you want to go see the play and then we went off I'm pretty there. sure Mitch Hedberg mumbles, though. Yeah. Well, the thing is... That guy looks like he mumbles. I, I-, I mumble quite a bit. And it, it wasn't until I started doing this podcast until I realized how much I really do mumble. You know, I was like, oh, my God, that's so awful. And before, when I started this podcast, I kind of, like, tried to cut those things out. But it's like, you know what? Fuck it. Just put it out there. You know, it's me. Just mumble, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, dude, if I was in jail, that would probably would have been my, my my name, my street cred name. Mumbles. <laughs> mumbles. Mumbles. Um, hey, Holmes, it's Mumbles. But I remember in high school when I was in a play, when I was play like that, that that was a big issue with me it's like my teacher would be like all right you need to enunciate every line mm-hmm. not only not only do you need to enunciate but you need to put on a chicago accent <laughs> you know because before you know I, I i used you know being chicano here i, I used to call chicago Ch- uh, chicago 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 wow you know you gotta say chicago that's funny what play was that it was a was it- splendor in the grass don't know that one. Uh, it's a drama. It's a pretty heavy drama, considering it was a high school one. Yeah. Really? It deals with, like, mental illness and love. and hmm. It's pretty fucked up play now I think about it. Uh, th- that's a play that gave me nightmares, man. Cause really? Because that was my first dramatic role in a play. Like, before I used to be in comedies. <laughs> small roles, right? No, you know, if you fuck up, it's fine. It's a comedy. Yeah. You could play around with it. But... When I got casted for that one, I actually uh, auditioned for like a small role. Instead, I was given like, this big dramatic role of the father, right? Because even in high school, I look older than my age. <laughs> I was gonna make that joke, but and and I had these huge lines, you know, and it's very dramatic. I like, commit suicide in the end, but, wow, you know, stuff like that. But I remember just, you know, a week before opening, I was like, fuck, I can't do this. Why am I doing this? You know, my family, at least my dad wasn't fully supportive because I, I think I'm the first in a family to be in a play in my family. And the, the family are more like sports oriented and more like, you know, they're like, what? You're in a play? What, what, what are you, gay? Like, what's the deal here? Right. Yeah. Oh, it's my. Wow. It's your assistant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my brother slash. Uh, that's my intern. <laughs> Yeah, he came in and say hey for I don't know. Have you ever been to play? Uh, no, I took an acting class though. <laughs> All the thespians listening to this will be like, fuck you and your acting class. That's not the same shit. But I, 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 I only took from. it because it was an easy credit senior year. No, I've never acted. Well, I'm, yeah, I never acted. Well, I think there's certain applications that you could use from acting in your stand up. Yeah. I, I don't know what they are, but... Well, yeah. this whole idea of, I feel, looking more animated. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we say that Hitch, uh, Mitch Hedberg was more of a jokes writer than he yeah. was stand-up, but if, watching him, though, it was, it was interesting to watch him, though. Mm-hmm. He had a certain... He, he was compelling, though. You know, he, he had a certain candor to him, and certain, like, you know... In some ways, live might have added to his jokes. Like, who's, who, look at this goofy-looking guy yeah. telling these goofy jokes. He did have these like these looks he would give, just like 
Like he would say a joke and then like he would think about I, – I, I feel like he would think about the joke and realize just how absurd it is and then he would like crack a smile. Mm-hmm. And people love that. Yeah. I love that too. He had this like – it was like coy, if you will, huh. like just coy nature. But, but, but the simplest thing I took from acting that applied to stand-up was to really own the space you're in. Because mm-hmm. in stand-up, it's pretty common for people to stand in one place and talk to the mic. Right. And I, do you do that a bit, right? I wander. You wander? Like, well, I get nervous and, like, just, like, slowly step to the right or something. Yeah. And, and the idea is called blocking and acting. Yeah. So you, you get to block your performance. And in stand-up, I kind of approach it. Like, once I got, like, the jokes pretty locked down, or at least I tell myself they're locked down, um, I was like, all right, what's the best way I could kind of drive the point by the way I move or by the way I walk across stage? Mm-hmm. Simple things like that that I guess to most people are like, oh, dude, that's nothing. But like for me, it's like a big deal. It's like, all right, when I see this line, I got to hunker my shoulder like this a bit or I got to walk across and look mad. I don't right. know. No, I get that too. Like, ugh, just, like not, I, I do this bit where I uh, – this is actually kind of based on a true story. So someone told me to do uh, – to be more like Cat Williams. So like I, this this was a while back ago. They told me to be more like Cat Williams, so I like – I was like, okay, like maybe they have some advice there. Like maybe they got some good advice. So I watched Cat Williams. That guy's really animated, mm-hmm. and it just pissed me off. Like I didn't want to. That guy storms across stage. I'm like, yeah. no, I just want to stand here. Like, yeah. And it it kind it, it it bothers me a little bit when I move. Mm-hmm. Like not too big a movement, you know. But if I if I take like three steps, I'm like, why am I moving this much? I yeah. stop and just. Well, why do you feel it bothers you? I don't know. Because my jokes don't complement it. It's just awkward. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't add anything to it other than the fact that I moved to the right. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe some people like like Cat Williams again. Like, I know, he, 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 I get, I, he, he makes jokes that he's short, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, he really, his movements complement that because he has to take more steps to get to a certain amount of distance and he plays up to that, you know? Like he's he's always kind of like fast paced because right. he doesn't have long legs to you know <laughs> and like it's funny uh. <laughs> it's funny but like because his uh. jokes are like I'm short and I, I apologize for doing a Cat Williams impression yeah dude, I feel offended right now for him right oh eh. I'm just kidding yeah but, <laughs> but I hear you man but so some comedians own up the whole standing in one place thing you know? yeah uh, the one that pops in my head is Moshe Kasher not familiar with. Oh, Oakland kid, come on. Yeah. Okay, well check him out, people. <laughs> check him out. He's and, and he stays one I've place probably and, seen him. and he kills it, man. Yeah, and a lot of people can do a lot with their hands too. Their hands, I, I love it. I um, who's the comedian? There's this comedian. He he's older gentleman. I don't know why I'm forgetting his name. Uh, but he's an older gentleman and he does a lot of things with his hands. Like he'll he'll point, and then like he'll like retract it, and it really adds to like. Like the kind of misdirection. Oh, is it Joey should... Diaz? No. Have you heard of Joey Diaz? No, I haven't. Heard oh of my him. god, that guy is a powerhouse of not just a comedian but a fucking storyteller. Yeah. Like, like, dude, I was watching one of his uh, bits, and it almost made me cry. Like, I was laughing, <laughs> but he comes right around with an emotional punch mm-hmm. that just adds to to the story, to the joke that you're like. By the end of it, it's like, fuck, I just learned something about him and about me, you know. And and Joey Diaz, this guy, you call him Coco, and 
I highly recommend check out his stuff on yeah. YouTube. You know, um, is he? Where's he from? He's from uh, New York. Okay, New York. He grew up in the Bronx. He went. To, he went to. He went to prison. Oh shit! And in prison, he he always cracked jokes like, "Hey, do hey, do some stand up." So right. in, in prison, he started doing stand up. You know, prison stand up. And once he wow. got and once he got out of prison, he was like, "Fuck it, it's pretty good shit." And he just kept going. And, but 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 he, I, he, dude, words cannot describe how good of a storyteller this guy is. Yeah. Wow. But but that's not who you were talking about. No. Okay. But I don't know. That guy sounds like he does a lot of walking though for some reason. Well, I think or a good amount. Who oh, Joe Diaz? He he don't walk. No, he doesn't walk. Okay. He's he's he's, he's super fat. Oh, is he? Okay. He, he uses his hands a lot. Right. He makes up for it. Okay. Yeah. Because I mean, just it's so weird. Like even just facial expressions. Yeah. Like you can get a lot done with facial expressions. Dude, I was watching Bill Burr last night. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. Like he's a good example mm-hmm. of owning up the stage space. Yeah. And and using facial expressions and he literally acts out bits yeah you know he has like a bit about how you know when you're build his wife think, or his girlfriend thinks uh, he shouldn't start fixing things because when he fixes things he loses his temper mm-hmm. he goes well that's part of the process honey and he acts out like a full like five minute set of him trying to fix a stool and fighting with her and then the, 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 them two arguing yeah. it's so fucking funny <laughs> And it's funny itself just hearing the audio, mm-hmm. but like watching it as he acting it out is even funnier for me. Yeah, but it, it, it also depends. Like, I, I'm pretty sure we covered this in our previous podcast episode about your your first influences in stand up that you yeah. saw. Mm-hmm. Remind me again. Um. Wow, why did I forget this? <laughs> the, 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 the the Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright. That's not the director, right? No. Edgar Wright, that's the director. Edgar Wright is the director. I get them confused sometimes. They'll be like, what's your favorite stand-up? And I'll be like, Edgar Wright. And they're like, the movie maker? <laughs> like, He's no. a pretty funny dude. His yeah. films are pretty funny. Yeah, they're great. Um, no, so Edgar Edgar Wright, great movies. Uh, but Stephen Wright, very dry comedian. He's one of my... Uh, another one is... Um, oh, God. Uh, this is hard. I don't know why. Mitch Hedberg, of course. Yeah. Um, what's that guy? I, I, he, he was on SNL. He was on like one of, I don't know if he was one of the original cast members, but he was an early cast members in the nineties. Norm Macdonald. Yes. No. Yeah. Norm Macdonald. I love his. Wait, do you say he was the original members of the nineties? No, I, I realized what I said was. SNL started in the seventies, but. Yeah, no, I realized uh-huh. that. But, but, but is it Norm Macdonald? Yeah, it's Norm Macdonald. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And his kind of like dry, sarcastic humor. Okay, he's he's a big influence on my. I can totally see those influences in your work mm-hmm. in some way. For me, my influence was, believe it or not, George Lopez. Yeah, he was funny you know? too. As as much as I, you know, I I tried to brand myself as not the Hispanic comedian, mm-hmm. but hey, that's stuff I grew up on. And and, and right. his walking around the stage. Yeah, what, he does that a lot too. Is what I loved. It, it's just. He does the faces too. Yeah. Or like when he plays like a drunk character, like he he like melts his face to look like a drunk person. Yeah. It's amazing. But I can't do that. That's no. not me. Yeah. Like I can make an awkward face, just like ugh, awkward face. That's about it. That's the extent t- t- of my. Talk about awkwardness. I want to. Okay. Not 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 have you in person. I can ask you. Okay. Uh, for those listening, I run an open mic every Wednesday night at Cafe Friscati. 
And uh, Jacob here is one of my comedy writers, and he's one of my favorite ones. Don't tell Miranda that. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you, what about you, Matt? You, you guys are all great. You can tell Matt. Matt, that. Matt, Matt. Who's Matt? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, I haven't seen him for so long. No, he's he's in play. He's busy. He's busy. But uh, you know, I tell people it's like people who talk about for Scotty and the success it is it is now and how it's much better. I tell them, dude, you got to include Jacob, Miranda, and Matt <laughs> along with my name because you guys are definitely making it. A, a better experience for everyone mm-hmm. and a better show in my opinion but we're doing this thing now where we're we're, we're kind of exchanging hosting duties and I feel it's it's kind of to add diversity I feel diversity yeah and you were one of the first ones to host for Scotty yeah at, at least in the term that I, I've had it back that's funny you said diversity because it's like the only diversity is Miranda because <laughs> it's like two Mexican two Big Mexicans, yeah, and but then we, a woman. That's not. But diverse. as you mentioned before, we have different styles. We do of stuff. That's what I love about. And that's something I'm learning too. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, I, I was in a bad mood when we did our car, our writing session because I was dealing with so much shit. Oh, I, I got it. I mean, I still had a good, but we still had good stuff there. But, 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 but some, that's something I, I, I almost forgot that would happen. It was like, oh my god, not only do we need, we're learning to spitball ideas and make jokes together. Mm-hmm. It's like here, here's another element of writing jokes for each other. Mm-hmm. Because in, in TV writing, that's very important, knowing how to write jokes for a specific character. Yeah. And that's something I totally forgot. Like, remember me? I, I started pulling out these fucking political stuff. Yeah. And you're like, I don't do political, Jorge. But it's like, well, this is funny. It's like, yeah, but it's not me. And I'm like, you know what? He's fucking right, you know? Because you, you need to, at least if you want to take TV writing seriously, mm-hmm. it's good to know uh, what kind of character you're dealing with and write jokes that pertains to that character. Yeah. That's why a lot of TV, TV writers, they say that the easiest uh, for them to write for a character is a second season. Because by the first season, they established and fleshed out who these characters are. By then, it's super easy to just make jokes. Right. Uh, going back to Frascati, is like, so we have that new element. And we all have, after watching you a little bit, after watching Miranda a little bit, we all have different hosting styles as well, mm-hmm. which I found fascinating. Yeah, yeah. But you had a pretty awkward night. I did. What happened? Oh, my God. So I'm not going to name any names, but we had this one uh, poet. I'm doing air quotes. Comedian. Yeah. But uh, what, did, did he come in saying he was a comedian? Well, like, I guess people know him. Like, like Faco knows him. Yeah. Right. And, like, I guess, I guess he's been to open mics, right? So I was like, okay. And he comes up to me and he's like, yeah, I'll put me on this spot. And I'm like, okay, it's a five-minute set. Right. Uh, I, I know the guy. So to give the, the, the listeners a better picture here, he's – he, he's he, okay. He, he's going to he, – okay. See, I'm mumbling again. <laughs> he is on his way out pretty much. This guy yeah. is, is in his 80s, possibly, possibly the 90s, he's maybe th- in his 100s. <laughs> but this guy is, is, is a very elderly man. Very. And he, he's to the point where he doesn't give a fuck anymore. Pretty much. Yeah, that's why. And he is, he comes around the open mics and he's a poet. Yeah. And he, he usually, and actually I was surprised to see him that day because he comes in on Tuesday nights when the musicians are, are their open mics. Mm-hmm. And on Tuesday nights, how they treat him, because when he goes up on stage, he can't really understand what he's saying. No, I... So did not know what he was saying when he was up there. So on Tuesday nights, everybody knows him. They're like, oh, he, what's his name is up there? Oh, yeah. well, you know, th- just to be nice, they stay quiet. But mm-hmm. nobody has any idea what the fuck he's saying. 
So anyway, so when he came on Wednesday nights at comedy open mic, I was a little surprised. Yeah. You know it's funny. So so like no one understands what he's saying. All right. He I don't know if it's because of his age or whatever, but no one's understanding what he's saying. But I there was a point in in the middle of his first uh, poem where he said something that wasn't funny, like it wasn't supposed to be taken funny. Mm-hmm. But the fact that no one understood what he said, some people would laugh. There's some people laughed at that part. Yeah. And I was like, that's that's like a transition into something funny. That's like. Or it's not true. I don't know what it was. Like, it wasn't supposed to be funny. And people are laughing because they were just trying to pinpoint where the punchline was. Because are. it was so random. It was. Like, everyone was just so awkward. It was just so awkward. And no one knew when to laugh. And then, so he would do this thing where he would pause for maybe like one or two seconds. But it sounded like he was done with the whole poem. Mm-hmm. But then he would start up again. And he'd just be like, oh, my God. And I had to light him. He, he, he did his first, his first poem. And it was, it was, uh, it was about six minutes. Right, so I lit him at the five at the four minute mark. He kept on going, and then I lit him, and I was about to go up and and say, "Oh, here's this guy," right? Like, give it up for this guy. But then he just keeps on going again, and and I was just like, I looked at Miranda, and I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, should I just start clapping? Like, I feel bad clapping over this old man. <laughs> Clap him off stage. Yeah, I was. So <laughs> there's this one part where he, he he's like he's like eight minutes in, and I'm like, okay, you know what? Next time he pauses just a little bit, I'm gonna start clapping. Right, so I start clapping, and everyone else, everyone else gets the cue. Like, oh, I'm gonna start clapping also. And he stops his his poem, his poem, and and he looks at the crowd like, oh, uh, do you guys want me to finish? And I was like, no, and like you can get off now. And he's like, oh, well, what if they want me to finish? Uh, and he turned the crowd on me. What? Everyone in the crowd's like, yeah, finish. But I was like, no, don't finish, <laughs> man. You made you look like the asshole. I was like, I feel like such a dick right now. Oh my uh, god. And he he ended up doing like eleven minutes, which yeah. kind of I mean, anyone. It, 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 a, it was all poetry, right? No jokes. I mean, the first one was a poem, and the second one was air quotes, comedy poetry. But I don't know, man. It was just odd. people. I think people were more laughing because I I look back at the crowd and people were laughing at me not knowing what the hell to do. Yeah, the situation of it. Yeah, because yeah. I was like pantomiming at Miranda, like, what do I do? Should I like, <laughs> should I turn down his mic? Like, I don't know. And like, yeah. like I see like a couple uh, do, comedians like, do I turn off the lights? Yeah, I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, I never been in this situation before. And the fact that he was old. Yeah. Didn't help. It didn't help because I just felt like a jerk. Yeah. You know? I hear you, man. Oh, it was just, it was, it was, I didn't know what to do. So I just let him go and then he finished and I started clap. Right when he finished his his poem, I started clapping. Like, I got up on stage really quick and like, oh, here's so and so. Yeah. And then I kind of made fun of him on stage for that. I feel bad. No. But I was like, thank you for not running the light. Yeah. Uh, and like you know that got a couple laughs from the comedians right i don't know if he got that. and then he came up to me like oh how long is this set how long were the sets and i was like i told you it's five minutes mm-hmm. and uh man i never felt bad for in my life i'm sure the comedians got a kick out of it oh they did everyone else yeah. got a kick out of it yeah. just seeing me do like what do I, like what's going on i don't know what to do uh-huh. should i like push this old man i <laughs> whoa <laughs> Oh, I man. mean, that would have been a thing. People have been talking about that day. Yeah, for that that years. that would have been the end of our first Scotty days. Like, did you see Jacob? He pushed that old man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, did, did that kill the night for you? No, I mean, it, it, there wasn't that much of an audience too. It was mostly you know comedians. Hmm. 
So you had an improv group though. That's good. Yeah, they were cool. They were. There. I I wanted to get them, give them fifteen, but like I said, the old man totally took up like five minutes oh. of oh, their really? time. Oh, and man. I told him they're like, oh, can I get? Can we get fifteen? And I was like, we're running a little bit late because of the old man. I was like, I can't. That's not. I, I told him I was like it's not fair to the other comedians but I get it was unfair to them also mm. you know so I don't know next time I see that old man I'm <laughs> I think I'm laying down the law lay down the law I'm laying da- oh, if no. I'm hosting it I'm laying down that law watch out elderly people Jacob's <laughs> on you it's not just it's him alright like he he's in he's in the point where he doesn't give a fuck dude I've been in a similar awkward situation for Scotty one time I had a guy he's also well known in the, in the community there okay and he's also known to be like a little off. And he goes, you know what? Uh, I want to perform stand up. I'm like, and I told him, you, okay, jokes, right? Like real jokes. Cause I never, this guy doesn't do shit. He hangs out in the back playing cards with himself. Oh, shit. I know that guy. That guy. That was, guy's a dick. So, so <laughs> I have another story with him. Anyway, <laughs> but 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 at the time he's a good guy though. He treated me right. Right. And he was off, but like you know, there's a lot of people who are off to hang around for Scotty, mm-hmm. and, and you just hang out with them. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, I, I'm gonna go perform. I was like, okay, but do you, do you understand that's jokes, like, like stand up jokes? And he goes, yes, yes. I was like, okay, well, what's your name? So I put it down because I never knew who the fuck. I still to this day I don't even know his name. Right. And he goes, oh, put me down as as a uh, mucky duck. Like, mucky what? duck. He's like mucky duck. I was like, oh, in my head, I'm like, oh shit, this is gonna be interesting. Like, I want to see where this goes. Let's see where this pans out. I was like, all right, mucky duck. <laughs> Just to make sure, Mucky Duck jokes, right? No, no, no. He goes, yes, yes, okay. Anyway, finally, and, and I purposely reserved him t- towards the end. You know, I figured, you know, let the show go on a little bit because mm-hmm. I really don't know where this is gonna go. Maybe right. he'll put on the best fucking shit ever. Maybe he's, maybe not. Right. Then time comes to put him on. I put him on. Like, All right, Mucky Duck, and he comes on. He he stands there, and he pulls out a book, and he starts reading. From the book. What was the book? I don't even know. I didn't give a shit. <laughs> I got pissed the fuck off. I pissed. He just got out there. He just not nothing. He just just fucking reading a book. Is as he as if it was a book club. Is he reading it to himself? To, or he read it out loud? He read it out loud. Oh my god! You know that would have been great if he would have read it to himself and just chuckled. And, I think that would have been hilarious. And and I'm like, oh fuck no, this fucking guy, Lucky like, Duck. Yeah, fucking mucky duck, man. <laughs> and just reading from a book, no jokes, no nothing. And the crowd's like, uh, what's going on right. here? Like, what? And then it gets like, you know that point where it gets really awkward and yeah. there's like people just looking at each other and they're looking at me to see if maybe I'm going to do something. I'm like, fuck yeah. So I try to light him up. He won't see my light because he's, he's looking down at the book. That's horrible. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I'm trying to listen what he's trying to say because, again, I, he's mumbling. I don't know what the right. fuck he's reading. And it's not really funny, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, funny, he sees my light. Oh, no, I go up. I was like, fuck that. I go up next to the stage, and I just look at him. You know, and I, try, I give him the stare down of, like, hopefully he see, he feels the vibe of me looking at him. <laughs> yeah. And he looks at me, um, and he goes, huh? I was like, you're done. He goes, I'm done? I'm like, yeah. And then he walks out. I mean, I came off as an asshole, but fucking A. Like, who's the bigger asshole here? It's like, I told him, jokes, right? Jokes. Yeah. He goes up and pulls out a book. Pissed me the fuck off. Like, I know I know, jokes and humor is subjective, but that's... And uh, and I was like... And then he afterwards, I bring up the next comic. He gives me the audacity to, to be like, how was I? Was I good? I was like, dude, you just read from a book. And he goes, 
oh, oh, is it a comedy? It's like, yes, it's comedy. Oh, my God. I kind of wish I was This there. ain't no weekend book club. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Mucky duck, man. Yeah. So has he asked to come on again? What, what, was, what was he now? So why would you say that? If it's the same guy I'm thinking of, he had a... It, it might not be now that I think about it. Um, but he said that he did have... I, I remember hearing a story where someone had... Uh, one of the comedians went up there, did his thing. And then he, like, complained about that comedian for some reason. And then that comedian went up to him, went up, I'm guessing, went up to Mucky Duck and said, like, hey, man, like, you're being rude, this and that. And then he complained to the management. But this is before you started running it. Before I started running it. Uh, that in between, you know? When, when Victor was running it? Yeah. What? I didn't hear about this. It was a small thing, but then, uh, all right, the, the comedian got kind of banned for like like a week or two weeks what it might not be the same guy now which comedian uh i don't know if i want to say his name tell me a bit he does uh he's a poet an old english no an old southern poet no come on yeah if it is what i think it is it was my last day of the first time was it yeah, and it wasn't Mucky Duck. Okay, so but, it might have been different. But, but this guy you're referring to is a bigger asshole. Yes, that guy's and, an asshole. And, and, and a much more um, venomous asshole. Oh, I can't believe I'm saying this on this podcast. But yeah, there's some people in, in, in the San Jose community that come off as friends, mm-hmm. especially in the uh, artistic community, but they are they have their own agenda. Mm-hmm. And, that, and they have their own agenda to, to run things, and they feel entitled to have you know to just what's the word I'm looking for they're just very manipulative Mm -hmm. and from the get go I had a bad vibe about this guy especially with comedy Mm -hmm. you know because there's some people that don't see comedy as a sort of art form so they they look any excuse to to turn it on Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day it's like he was looking for any real reason to kind of get rid of the comedy scene in the sofa district and now, not so much. Now I've noticed that he's kind of, you know, I, I think Mighty Mike McGee has something to do with it because M- M- Mighty Mike McGee is definitely bringing a new element of comedy in the Sofa District with yeah. his gong show and stuff like well, that. Well, entertainment in general. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that we don't have more uh, different acts at the gong show. Like, a lot of it's com- comedian-based. Well, I've been told that actually it's, it depends. I told the first time around it was more musically-based. Yes. Second time it was more poetry-based. And the latest third time was more comedy based. Yeah, but they're like there was still a lot of comedy within those three gong shows. Yeah, um, like a lot of stand up comedians. Um, there was still like the ma- maybe like I don't know the second majority of it. Like the second biggest thing was comedy at all of those, minus mm-hmm. the third time. Anyway, going back to this guy though, <laughs> not uh, Mucky Duck, not Mucky Duck, some other guy. <laughs> I, I know. Okay, but- I want to know who this Mucky Duck is now. You surprised him in the back. Older guy. I mean, t- tell me off the record. Okay. He's just the older guy that sits in the back. Mucky Duck. I don't know. Like, next time I see you at Friscotti, you could be like, that's Mucky Duck. Yeah. I yeah. think, you know what? I think, so you said he went up on stage and read? Read a book. I think he might have come up, like, the early days of Friscotti. Mm-hmm. When you first started running it. Like, I think he might have gotten, I think he might have gone up before and just read a book. 
It must have been before my time because that was the first time that ever happened to me. You know, it might have been a Tuesday night, Mike. Tuesday night? I wouldn't be surprised. I think I know who you're talking about, though. It's funny, like, for now, like, since we named him Mucky Duck. We named himself Mucky Duck. He did. That's not our fault. Yeah. We're not dicks about it. <laughs> Look, if you name yourself Mucky Duck, yeah. you're just begging for people to yeah. shit all over you. But but the other guy that we're talking about, that guy. Can we give him a name, too? Fucking like, asshole? It, that could be yeah, we'll just be, like, the asshole well, for Scotty. Well, that sounds weird. And the, I mean, I, I go, I could go into that story how it went down, but I really shouldn't. Mm-hmm. At least not now. But the whole point I'm trying to make is that don't be an asshole. Well, you know, I remember I was really pissed off about what happened, and my friend James, you know James, yeah, um, he came on here as the Winchester History Mouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was telling me, "Like, Hori, you got to stop." You know, with these grudges, you know, yeah, maybe people are not gonna see eye to eye, but you gotta realize that there's certain people that cause harm mm-hmm. are the people that need love the most, right? And it fucking hit me. I was like, fuck, that guy gets deep. Yeah, it's like, what? It's like, yeah. He goes, yeah, man. Like, like he knows he's an asshole. He owns up mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, but by you kind of like you know belittling him and and this and that, you're not helping. Mm-hmm. You know, and and he needs more love than you think because he's causing more harm to people. And I was like, fuck, dude. He's right. So I was like, oh, just let things be. Mm-hmm. Which I found very interesting. Is my loud Mexican family bothering you? No, no. I just realized, like, I was hearing him. Oh. Uh. Yeah. No, that's fine. Hey, do you have loud Mexican? No, no. we're quiet. quiet. We are quiet really? into ourselves, man. Interesting. Like, we are the opposite of that stereotypical Mexican. Yeah. That just, oh, yeah. See, see is, you can hear them now. It kind of seems like they're kind of... Raising their voice? Yeah. They're not. They're they're just, not. It's just how they talk. Yeah, yeah. No, I have Mexican family who, huh? they're like that. Like yeah. that. They or they sound like they're yelling all the time, but that's just how they talk. And some of it comes off with me. Some people are like, dude, why are you raising your voice at me? It's like, <laughs> I'm not raising my voice at you. I'm trying to drive a point here. Yeah. And like, no, Jorge, you're yelling in my face. It's like, oh, shit, I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, we're quiet. Like, my family, well, at least my immediate family, we're just, we're quiet. We keep to ourselves. We don't want people to hear us sometimes. Like, sometimes when I get drunk, I turn into that stereotypical Mexican where I'm like, I don't give a fuck who hears me. Yeah. You know? But then, like, just for the most part, I'm, I'm very quiet spoken. How, how, how does it go? How does the family dynamic go? Like, who who sets the tone of, of how a family uh, interacts in your family? In my family? Yeah. Because for me, actually, right now, it's my mom. I would say my mom, too, because my mom's, like, super kind of to herself. She doesn't like other people invading, like, knowing what's up with us kind of thing. Mm. Um, like, it's no one's business. So. You know what? That's pretty common in a lot of Mexican families as well. Yeah. I've noticed. It's like, because sometimes my family does that, too. They're like, you know, don't tell your, your, your aunt or uncle about this. It's it's between us or whatever or mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. But the, the but, irony is, like, they talk. We we talk. I don't want to say they. We talk like very loud and aggressively, yeah. as the Mexican folks. But not your immediate family. Not my immediate family. Like yeah. my cousins and aunts and uncles, they're loud as oh, something. Like it gives me a headache whenever I visit them. Does it? You know, like I'm just like, why are you so loud? Like just it's so loud. Like, can we just like sit down and talk? And yeah. they have like, and you know, they invite like all their cousins too. So it's my cousins and aunts and uncles, and then their aunts and uncles does it get awkward and it's just there's so many people there talking so loud and i just like i want to step outside yeah and have a breather for like just 
Like, you, I don't smoke, but I'll be like, I need to go get a smoke. Do you get social anxiety in those kind of environments? Outside no, of your family? No, not social anxiety, but... I don't know. Maybe it might be social anxiety. I do get, like, a little bit frustrated. Because mm. I'm just, like like I said, we're used to quieter... Uh, I'm used to quieter environments. Environments. Mm. Yeah. But it's not like you go out to a party. And no, like, I don't uh, go to parties. No. Parties suck. Do they? <laughs> they do. Like, they really do. You don't go out to parties or you don't get invited to parties? Because there's a difference. Uh, both. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I don't get invited to parties, man. It's my, it's my like, um, it's my introverted behavior. Is it? Like, I'm great at parties, apparently. Are you? Because <laughs> I get, I, got, I turn into this, I hate going to parties, but like, whenever I go to parties, I'm like, okay, I have to make myself seem interesting. So I just go on this, like these weird rants and like these weird uh, what just, not rants Rant? but absurdist absurdist conversations are you that guy in the party yeah are no you, no I, I don't speak loud but like I, i'll stand next to a guy and start making weird conversations and, uh, and see I, if it I, I, you made it sound like you're that guy that goes to a party and he starts ranting about the illuminati and stuff no no it's like dude what the fuck the guy. We're, here, we're here to have a good time it's like yeah but you know 911 <laughs> is an inside job can't you see that no i'm the guy who stands off to the side and like Finds that one person be like, see that guy? That guy's a fool. Let me tell you why he's a fool. So you just talk shit. <laughs> I talk shit. Yeah, it's, it's it's either talk shit or like really absurd conversations. Yeah. And, and usually people are they're having fun there, and it sounds like a fun conversation I have. Mm. And uh, and people just go along with it, and uh, and then like I'm stuck there because I'm the guy who's making the absurd conversations that are making people laugh. You know. Mm. Yeah. And and, it's, it's, and, the, and then you then you you open your eyes and you realize that there's nobody in the room. It's all you by yourself. <laughs> kind of like that, uh, sta- uh, The Shining. Oh yeah, that, <laughs> that kind of. Yeah, I'm ha- it's their ghosts. It's their ghosts. I'm gonna ch- murder my son. Fuck, Stanley Kubrick's such a genius, dude. Like, like Stanley Kubrick, like most other filmmakers, I get annoyed when mm-hmm. I, when I talk to the film students. Like, oh, who do you like? Everybody points to them. Stanley Kubrick, Orson Welles, mm-hmm. Scorsese. I like Orson Welles. I dig it. And I get annoyed. It's like, yeah, everybody likes these people. Like, yeah. I don't know. For me, I, I get like, dude, like, you're so basic right now. I, I well, when I You're was so in, basic for loving the classics. When I was in high, but, oh, in high school. But if, if they tell me of a filmmaker that was is not as well known, mm-hmm. but is just, just as good. Right. You know, like Vincent Minnelli. I love his stuff. I'm, I, I get like really impressed like oh my god you love that right. guy that's so awesome cause you're mm. not like the, the mainstream film people right. yeah I got that a lot a lot of people like like when I went to film school but but, but not to sorry to interrupt but not to yeah. say that Stanley Kubrick or anything suck. they don't suck they're great right and they're geniuses yeah it's just I get tired of people hearing, saying that yeah. hearing the same shit see I, I had the opposite people like modern stuff but they didn't like the classic stuff you know what I mean like people like in your film school, yeah. Like people like Tarantino, uh, the Coen Tarantino Brothers. Tarantino is getting a little annoying, yeah. Um, not so much Robert Rodriguez uh, anymore. Coen Brothers are—it's different They're, with the Coen Brothers. They're so diverse, yeah. Because for Tarantino, okay, you're watching a Tarantino movie, mm-hmm. but with the Coen Brother, they they get pretty diverse. And sometimes yeah. you'd be surprised you're watching a Coen Brother movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to defend them right now and say, like, you know what? I think they're like. They're both mainstream and not mainstream yeah, at the like same cult. time. Also, it's weird. Yeah. But anyway, you were saying? No, that and it's just like a lot of people like current directors, and I'm like, like I'm 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 kind of a certist, so I like like when people are like who's your inspiration, I'd be like, oh, Mel Brooks. 
Yeah. People are like Mel Brooks. I'm like, Mel, he's funny as hell, you know? Have you seen a Mel Brooks movie? You'd be laughing your ass off. I love Blazing Saddles. That's Dude. my favorite movie. <laughs> that probably explains my like weird racism. Yeah. <laughs> That's what to say that. Yeah. It it's it I was uh when I used to work at Target, I um there's this this older black man. He was he was like the manager of the signs or whatever you call it. And and he's like, Oh, what's your favorite movie? And I was like, Oh, Blazing Saddles and he's like, Blazing Saddles, what you know about Blazing Saddles? And I was like, I can't see you watching Blazing Saddles. And I was like, I love that movie. And then he just kind of stands there and thinks about all the shit I've said in the past. Yeah. And he's like, that makes a lot of sense, <laughs> you know? Because I would, I, you know, I would make these weird kind of like edgy racist jokes yeah. that are very satirical. And yet you haven't got in trouble for it. No, because I <laughs> I played it off so well. Like oh, I would say that no. I would it because I I I did I did walk that line of. It's satirical, mm-hmm. uh, it's absurd, and it's like it's not supposed to be harmful. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they would be like, "Oh, he's saying this for a joke." Whereas another coworker, uh, or uh, one of the managers, actually, he said he straight up told someone, a Mexican girl, that like, "Oh, uh, something about like her having a welfare baby because she was pregnant." What? Like, yeah. Not joking? No. Well, I mean, he was joking. Oh, but it didn't come off that way. No, no, no. Like, he just, like, like he wasn't, he was, it was straight up, like, racist comedy. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, mine is more like, I'm making fun of something that, I don't know, it's weird. But, yeah, mine's not direct, like, racism. It's kind of, like, off to the sidelines of racism. Right. Yeah. I think we talked about this before. We did, but it's very interesting. Uh, the concept of kind of being careful especially in the workplace when mm-hmm. it comes especially in comedy too uh, when you just at, at an open mic that's not in a bar right this whole thing of offending people uh, it's, it's a real thing man yeah no well so that ca- that uh the co-worker or the the manager of the sign like uh i got in the way for like f- before i left like five months before i left i started calling him black tony black tony black tony right because he was a black man yeah and his name was Tony. Yeah. And I've gotten away with calling him that for five months. Then what happened? And then nothing. And I was at a party. And I was at I was at a party. I was at his daughter's party. She invited me to a party. And he was there. And he's like, he pulls me aside. And he's like, hey, man, like, like, why? <clears throat> why did you call me Black Tony? And I was like, I had to scramble. And I was like, well, <laughs> like, I just called him that. No real reason. And I was like, well, your name's Tony. And you're black. <laughs> and you're black. And he's like, oh, man, you crazy. You crazy. Like, I liked you. I'm sad you don't work there, but you crazy. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and, like, see, I, I, I walked that fine line where it's not offensive. You know what I mean? Well, you never know, man. You know, there's some people I know that I've offended, but I wouldn't hear about it till like, a month later. Right. It's like, dude, that one time you said that? I was like, what? It's like, yeah, you said that. I was like, Did I see yeah, that? Some people are very sensitive. And I'm like, oh, I was joking, dude. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, I don't know. I know you were joking, but still, I I didn't like the way you said it. And I was mm-hmm. like, whoa, shit, sorry. I mean, I wish you told it me at is, the time. Yeah, it is definitely the way you say things, too. Like like we were talking about earlier, like Mexicans sound like they're yelling at you. But it's like, no, that's just how they talk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it sounds like you're ye- you're being yelled at. But it's just like, no, I'm just talking to you, Jorge. I'm talking to you. Yeah. That was kind of hostile. hostile. I apologize. No, 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 I don't mind. I got. I'm used to. But, 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 
Especially when I, I'm when I live with a Swedish guy, and the Swedes and Scandinavians are more reserved. Mm-hmm. We had some trouble communicating at times. Yeah, because they wouldn't really tell the problem straight out. Like for me, I had a problem. I'll let you know. It's like, hey, dude, come on, like, why are you putting my tortillas over here? They, they don't go there. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Is that real? Is that a real problem? Fuck yeah! Where are they putting your tortillas? Not where, where it's supposed to be. I don't. I don't want to know. Just anyway, skip it. So. But for for Scandinavians, are more reserved. They're like, if you do something they don't like, they don't tell you, right. and, they, and they just keep it inside them mm-hmm. until it blows up. Until like a month later, we're talking about um, whatever, maybe the the Avengers at the time. <laughs> we're talking about Captain America and shit. Then they'll they'll blow up and be like, "Dude, why you put my toothbrush over there?" I'm like, "What? <laughs> yeah, you fucking my toothbrush." I was like, "Calm down, yeah. dude." It's like Jesus, and then. It's like, he's like, dude, just tell me at the time if you don't like something. He's like, well, you know, in, in, in Sweden, we don't do that. He said he told you that that's what they do in Sweden? Yeah. And that's crazy. Like, they're more reserved. That's a whole culture. That's, uh, that's a whole passive-aggressive culture. Right? <laughs> Jesus. No, it's fine. It's fine. Just move my toothbrush. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I'll show you. I'll show you. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of improv. Improv? I don't know why. It's hard. I can't, it is. I can't really do it. I was thinking about that improv troupe. You still feel bad for that? Uh, they weren't. I felt bad that there wasn't that much of a crowd there. They were good. They were funny, you know. But mm. there wasn't just. A lot of it was comedians. What's well, an open mic, man? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I, I felt like I could have barked. Carnival barked more Carnival. to get people in. That shit works, man. Yeah. That shit works more than... See, because I did it for like 10 minutes, and then I was like, I'm going to go talk to this new guy I never talked to and make friends. He's a nice guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I hear you, man. It's 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 hosting. It's harder than it looks. It is. It is. And the thing that sucks is that I kind of want to open up my own room. Yeah? Yeah. What, what are you thinking of? I'm thinking like Willow Glen area. Willow Glen. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, right? That's pretty... Interesting, right? I think I feel like if anyone's gonna pull that off, your pun joke should do it. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure rich people love puns. That's like pun territory. <laughs> it is. I I would kill there. Yeah, but I want to open up a mic there because it's like it doesn't. Fe- it feels more up up class, I guess. That Willow Glen area. You yeah, because it's you know. definitely upper class. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, they need comedy too. <laughs> you know, rich people need comedy too. He, Actually, I want to do this. Study. Start making fun of. The peasant, the peasants. Yeah. Oh, those, those people, on the ground licking up soda spills. I don't know. That's that's me riffing. But <laughs> no, I actually, I actually had this really crazy idea the other day after drinking like a real a cup of coffee, and um, I want to do this like like study, this um, like a like a social study. If, is that what I'm looking for? Sociology study, to see like. What rich people, what kind of comedy rich people like, you know? Oh, well, I think it's more on. This whole thing. What do rich people like? Like, what kind of comedy do they like? <laughs> with my interactions with uh, well income people when it comes to comedy, is mm-hmm. they always say the same thing, which is, oh, I like things that are witty. Okay. I like things that are. Some say dry, but not really. Mm-hmm. Witty is a common word they use. Really? And, yeah. And I think political stuff also is more on, and it also depends what kind of 
you know, rich people were talking about. Mm-hmm. But just I, any I, rich people in general, I guess. I've noticed that if it's a political that 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 is on their side of things, they'll love you for it. Okay. Um, would it, would would they like someone like Mitch Hedberg though? That's what I'm saying. Cause his 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 oh. form of comedy seems very like middle class, kind of like stoners. Well, how do you classify comedy when it comes to the classes? That's what I'm saying. Well, like, I think a lot, even going to just the open mics, a lot of comedians are, like, very just middle class, run-of-the-mill middle class people. Shit, lower the middle class, if you ask me. Yeah, and then I was going to get there. (laughs) And then, like, you know, lower middle class. For me, the perfect rich comic Mm -hmm. that that I feel exemplifies all of them, or generalize, if we're on that level of generalization. God, this rain is really fucking up my audio. Is that what that was? Yeah, it's the rain. Hmm. At least I hope it's the rain. Yeah. Anyway, hopefully you ignore that rain until it stops. Rich people comedy. Seinfeld. No, I, I get it. Like early Seinfeld. No, no, no. Seinfeld Just in now. general. For example, I don't, I don't know what when Seinfeld comes into town, mm-hmm. does he go? does he go to the improv? I don't know. No, he does not. I'm gonna have he, you tell me. He goes to the California Performance Arts Center, mm-hmm. where tickets are higher, a lot really? higher than the improv. Mm. And Jesus, God, that's getting really bad. Yeah. What is that? It's definitely the rain, because my levels are are good, so it's nothing from here. I don't know. It sounds like a cable. Looks like it's coming from your mic. That's what I was thinking. If I just, uh... No, no, don't do that. Oh, wow. Oh, you killed it. Did right, it? No, 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 you're good. You're good. Wow, what was that? Don't know. It got louder. It got, yeah. Like, it just crept up on me, and I was just like, oh, God, I'm going insane. Is it gone? <laughs> yeah. It's but one that. of those things where it's just like this slow rise, where it's very subtle, and then you realize it, and then you think, like, how long was this happening for? Can you hear it? Yeah. I think I can hear my... Yeah. Uh. I'm just going to talk really close. And what are we talking about? Uh, rich people in comedy. So I, I think a lot of rich people will go see Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. And, and, and those folks, like Bill Maher, I feel. You think so? I think he so. He seems very middle class. Well, they, they start from middle class. Right. They, but they gain this reputation. Hmm. I feel. I don't know. Like I for me, for me, like I, I judge. It depends where a comic performs. I guess. For me, that's how I judge the classes. Like the improv, I feel it's like middle class. I think that's more diverse. I think mm-hmm. high class, middle class, low class go to the improv here in San Jose, and they get a variety of comics. But the second they start performing and you know performing arts places, right? Then that's definitely a little more like mm-hmm. higher. Do we have any comedians that are higher class? Uh, higher up, higher than middle class, like the op- local. Yeah, like open micers. I don't know. That's what I was thinking. That's what kind of got me started because I was like, I, I went to Woodham's and I was just looking around and I was like, no one looks like they have a a really <laughs> good job here. They look very middle class. Like no one looks, because you know Woodham's is a very kind of, I guess divey hole in the wall type place. Yeah, it's like a found dive bar. Yeah, and it's like, like ah, uh, rich people wouldn't come in here because they got better places to be and then I was like well what if you're like a rich comedian where do you go to do stand up practice your stand up cafe open mics think so 
I don't, I'm generalizing at this point. I don't know. Uh, that's see. That's why I want to do this study. Like, where do they go? Like, if you if you come from upper upper class, upper crust, as they say, mm-hmm. um, where do you where do you do open mics? I would imagine it'd be a little more difficult, because yeah, you you, you got to be careful punching down. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to say that there's nothing that rich people can't make fun of. I'm sure they can. Yeah. But I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. I don't know. Like It's don't, a weird subject that I wanna look into. Let's find a rich fucking comic around here and we'll ask him. Yeah, like like a, someone who's starting out. So are, are you gonna make a survey or something? I don't know. That's, that's are you, are I don't you know gonna how survey to every comic? Right, how much do you make a year? <laughs> Give me like the tax man. Uh yeah. What's your gross income? <laughs> I mean I, I don't even have to do that. I could just look at him and be like, Yep, middle class. No, come on. <laughs> no, I'm going to be... Just look at them? Yeah. I mean, some of these people look like they're... They look that way, but who knows? So you're saying... No, I... I, I could just be an asshole. Honestly, <laughs> when, when I looked at you the first time, I thought you were upper middle class. Uh, I can see that. You see? I can see that, Looks yeah. can be deceiving, man. They are. Yeah. But that's just because I shop at Macy's. Well, I, I remember... Uh, the clearance section... You know, I've been wearing this shirt for four years. <laughs> to to talk about class, uh, I remember. I, I think I, I I offended him a little bit. You know, Omar Qureshi, the big Persian guy. Yes, yeah. I hope he's Persian. I fucked up that. <laughs> he just he, offended him again. Yeah. Anyway, I when he first came around, uh, for Scott, he asked him, "Oh, you know, where where you go?" He goes, "Oh, I'm a student." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I go to San Jose State. Where do you go?" He goes, "Oh, I go to Stanford." And I was like, "Oh, we got a Stanford kid in here, huh?" <laughs> You know, kind of like, you know, yeah. p- playing that role of like that. Oh, what's, what's the Stanford kid doing around these parts? You're in the yeah, wrong side yeah. of the hood, son. And in his eyes, I could see that he kind of regretted telling me that. Like, right. You know, because I, I understand. Like, sometimes like you don't want to tell people, who, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because there's preconceived notions of it. Mm-hmm. But no, I was playing around. But I, I could tell in his eyes, like, oh, fuck, right. I shouldn't have said that. Not everybody thinks I'm not, not until it's on this podcast. Not everybody knows that Omar Christian would just it goes to Stanford, which is great. Everyone's going to go to me like, oh, Stanford kid. Which, actually, I, I'm surprised that he comes out of San Jose and does open mics. I think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Because Stanford, or Palo Alto, that, that, that one little bubble over there. They got yeah. everything they need over there. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's a weird area. I was in there, like I said, I saw that play. Mm-hmm. And just, like, looking around the neighborhoods, I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is... It feels like I'm in like a different state. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't. I wouldn't go that far. If, if, if like a different area, like a way different area than what I'm used to. Yeah. yeah. That's how far I'll go. Jesus, how long have we been talking for? It's, it's almost it's almost an hour. Really? Yeah. Wow. Why? Well, how are we doing? Are you okay? Yeah. No, I'm fine. I'm just like, like I realized I was like, man, we talked about a lot of stuff, and we could probably talk more. Well, since we're here, let's talk about your podcast. Are you doing? Oh, yeah. So you're doing like an R. Kelly podcast, right? <laughs> no, no. Okay, so so the whole... I actually don't know what it is, to be honest. So the whole... Me and my friend Johnny, uh, we, we, we played D&D together, but every time we would drive back, I would drive him home. Now, for we, those who don't know, what's D&D? Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, because I'm yeah. a dirty mind. I go to different places when you say something like Not that. Not S&M. D&D. Okay. D&D. <laughs> dick on dick. <laughs> that, okay, let's just... See, Anyways, I went there. You All did right. go there. Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. So, um, do, do you guys dress up and shit? No, we do. We do you cosplay? We, I mean, we wear clothes. Do you, do you LARP? No, I don't. I want to try that. I want to LARP. That looks so fun. 
I, I talking about my Swedish roommate when, when we lived with him. Did he, he LARP? He said, yeah, he LARPed in Sweden. Like, there's a LARPing Ooh. culture. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, for me, I guess the American in me goes, LARPing fights. Right. And he goes, no, in Sweden, we don't really fight with each other. That's annoying. And I'm like, what, what do you guys do? Oh, we just go wrong. We, we go around and we talk politics about the elves and how we're trying to, you know, stop beef between the trolls and the whatever. Wow. I'm like, what? So you're just standing around and you're just. That's like hardcore because you have to understand the, like yeah the politics of elves and yeah. whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, dude, but but that's like, come on, you're larping, especially what? in Sweden with snowing. It looks like fucking Game of oh, Thrones. That'd be so dope. Like, just fight. He goes, no. I was like, okay, what would happen if I go over there and I start fighting? And he goes, no, nobody. They won't tell you, but they will hate you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, fucking a, they hate you already for being American. That's funny. But LARPing is something I want to do too. It's who cares and, if in a very immature way. Like, I, well, who cares if it's yeah. nerdy and like people judge you for it? It looks yeah. like so much fun. If something looks like like a lot of fun and you're not gonna die from it, yeah, then go ahead and do it. Yeah, <laughs> like that's how I got into D and I was like, this is like the nerdiest. Words thing. of wisdom by, by yeah, Jacob. I don't remember what I just said, but. That's how I got into D and D. Like I was like, oh D and D, like that's just that's a nerdy thing, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, just come out and try it. Like you can play one session, make a character. So I made a character, and um, what's your character? Is it a chick? Are you those guys? No, no. Oh, no. no. So I had one character. Um, he was an he was a drow elf. So that's an elf. You lost me already. I don't know what oh, I'm that is. about to tell you. <laughs> a, a drow elf. Drow elf. Um, I think I'm doing. I think I'm explaining them right. So he's an elf that was raised underground. And they worship spider gods, like half spider, half human spider gods. So you lost me again. What the fuck? Like you don't know what spiders are, or you know what spiders are. They worship Spider Man. Is what you telling me? No, no, no. Like they're legit spider people. Uh huh. Like like minotaurs, but with spider bottoms. Uh huh. Okay. Anyways, so he's a he's a he's a ranger, which is a a guy with a bow and arrow, basically range weapons. Got it. And um. And his whole backstory is that, like, I, I did add some absurdity sur- absurdity to it, too. So, like, my, my my character was a scientist, or he was attempting to be a scientist because he found an old science book. And they were like, no, you can't have science here. We worship religion. And he's like, well, I'm going to go up and s- learn science. So he was persecuted by the religious people. Okay. Yeah. So Can we just start with the pilgrims here? Is yeah. It, is yeah. what it is? I was social commentary on my Dungeons & Dragons. <laughs> but then... Um, that class kind of sucked and they're redoing it so I had to make a new character who was a, a human monk named Hate Greylow Hate Greylow Hate Greylow and he's a monk with an afro uh-huh and he's uh he has he's a rapper okay so he like he's going around trying to make money rapping and making money and he's uh, addicted to wizard's herb which is uh is that weed it's basically weed uh-huh. yeah and I just go around like trying to get money, fighting off giants. But yeah, it's dope. All right. Well, actually, he has cornrows now. <laughs> okay. Because okay, so we have another character. It's so I, funny. You you talk these about these things as if they're your kids. <laughs> oh wait, my kid has cornrows now. By the way, yeah, oh, he's, no, he's, he's grown so much. He is. He's level eight now. Yeah. No, he's level eleven. I I apologize. Level eleven? No, he might be level twelve. We might have leveled up. Anyway, you're that dad that forgets his kids' ages. <laughs> yeah. No, I think he's. But yeah, he has he has okay he has a he has cornrows on the side on both sides of him, and in the middle is a frohawk. Obviously, you designed this guy, right? 
I didn't design that. No? Someone just... Okay, so one of the other characters in my group jumped on my back without me noticing, and I, I was just walking, and he got... I guess he got bored and started braiding my hair. Wait, wait, hold on. Is this is this real life, or is this figurative life this is, in this the board? This is D&D. This is D&D life. Life, yeah. So, meaning it's, like, virtual. No. Like, he, he didn't physically jump on you and braided your hair. No, he, he physically jumped on my back, and... Oh wait, you're talking about in real life. Yes. No, do I look? See what I'm talking about? It's like the D and D is real life. The, the, the lines are blurred between reality with you people. All right. Oh, you people. Now you're <laughs> okay. Hold on. In real life, did he jump on you no, and braided he, your no, hair? No, he didn't. Okay. You so, wouldn't notice that, Horry. Okay. I would have been coming to okay. Scotty with. Okay. So in this metaphorical, this symbolic, fictional world, fictional world yes. he jumped on your back. His, char- his character jumped on my character's back. And braided him. And started braiding my hair. Is there like a card that lets you do that? Or no, is that like you, an option? You have to or roll like, for it. Like if you do a certain like combination of numbers, it's like, oh, this means I jumped on your back and I braided your hair. Okay, so you have a bunch of different traits, right, that, that you could roll a dice for. You roll a d20. And each trait... Uh, you know, represent some. So if you want to jump on someone's back without them noticing, you would have to roll. Why is that even an option in the game? <laughs> it's because it's 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 not. It's you, not. you can make it an option though. Okay. So like, so is it, I can make an option of like, oh, I'm gonna throw pie in his face. Yeah, and then you would have to roll for um, you would have to roll against his like his uh, armor class. Okay. So if you roll above his armor class, you hit him with a pie. Okay. You know? So in this case, he had in a roll yeah, to he, jump on your back. A roll to jump on your back. So he rolled high enough so I wouldn't notice. Yeah. And then... You wouldn't notice or your character wouldn't notice? My co- both. Okay. Because <laughs> he did this behind my back. And then my and then the guy who's controlling it, the DM, the head, the head guy, he's like, oh, yeah, he's on your back now. You don't notice him. And then I guess... I think he did like a basket we- weaving roll. Mm. And he rolled high enough to where he gave me corn rolls on just each side of my head. Yeah, and then left the frohawk. So there's like an honor system in this game because it's not like you'd be like, okay, whatever. I don't have frohawk no more for this game. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to keep it. Yeah. Okay. Well, what you what you have to you have to talk to the DM, the DM, the dungeon master. Jesus Christ. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, this is a crash. I'm not even the best person to give crash courses in D- Dungeons the and Dragons. Dungeon ma- is that something? Some they actually call themselves. Yeah. I, I am the dungeon master. Yeah. Well, I mean, he doesn't go around being like, "I'm a dungeon master." No, he's just like, "Yeah, I'm the DM. I'm gonna tell you what can happen in this world and what doesn't happen." See, those kind of things I feel will make my life harder. Because no. it's like, if I play this game where I built these characters. These powerful characters with mm-hmm. better well, lives, that, with characters. better lives than me, and then there's a point where I am the dungeon master, and then I walk out of my real house and I'm like, oh, I'm just nobody. But at one point, I don't get that into it. But right? but, I but I was a dungeon master at one point in my life. No, you can't see. You can't get invested that much into it. You got to say, okay, this is only like a Sunday thing from like six to eight. <laughs> I'm only a dungeon master from six to eight on Sunday. Well, only one person can be the dungeon master. <laughs> okay, can, can there be like a coup de top? A what? Like a coup? A coup? A coup? No, no, no coups. Coop? Whatever. It's it, like a chicken coop. <laughs> yeah, can there be chicken coops? <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah. I mean, you can be like, hey, I'm gonna go to the store and buy a chicken coop, and the dungeon master's like, there's a store over there that sells chicken coops, and then you walk in there and then... So who is this dungeon master? Is he, like, the mayor of the fucking thing? No, he's he's the guy... He's basically the storyteller. Okay. Like, he... He's he, God. He lets you he's know... He's God, pretty Yeah, much. basically. Okay. Like, he, he, he adds the stuff in the world, 
He sets up monsters that you fight. He plays all the like monsters that not the NPCs, non-playable characters mm-hmm. that you fight against, and you have to run everything by him. So it's not just like chaotic. You know what I mean? Like right. there is one central guy. So you could be like, hey, uh, DM, uh, I want to ride a, a dragon. And he'd be like, there are no dragons around. You can't ride a dragon. So, you know, he is dictating. Fuck you, God. I'm riding a dragon. <laughs> I mean, you can't do that because then you'd be like, your character's dead. And then you just... <laughs> He just kills you. He can. He'd be like, there's a meteor. Roll for dex- roll a, a dex saving throw. And then you fail it. And then you get crushed by a meteor. And then I just imagine the dungeon master grabbing your character from the table and just crushing in front of you. Like, slowly to drive his point <laughs> that he is in control. I mean, you, if you're a DM, you have to, you have to really... All right. Yeah, to let people know. So you play Dungeons and Dragons on Sundays, and your buddy? No. Yes, I do play Dungeons and Dragons on Sunday. Uh, also on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. That's besides the point. Anyways, we play Dungeons and Dragons, and on our way home, we listen to hip hop music, mm-hmm. specifically hip hop music, because hip hop music has has absurd lyrics in it that I just love to laugh at. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So we would um, we we, we would we would drive back to his house. And we just listen to these songs and just bust up laughing, like making fun of them. Kind of like riff tracks. You know what riff tracks are? Mm-hmm. Like riff tracks, but for hip hop music. Mm-hmm. So like, so we're like, hey, we should do a podcast for that. So you know, we set up, we set up a, a a rig and stuff like that, and we we pull up lyrics to the songs, and then we read them off line by line, and we we dissect them, quote unquote. We dissect the lyrics to figure out what's the real mean, meaning behind these. Uh, behind these songs mm-hmm. so the first episode our pilot episode we're still working on it we've only done we we're, we're only two episodes in uh, our first episode we listened to R. Kelly's Ignition not the remix just regular Ignition right and then you know we dis- we dissected it to figure out that R. Kelly uh, I, th- I think R. Kelly uh, created a porn star or he, he helped a porn star get gainer footing and he's also a a driving instructor. How'd you get this? You would have to re- you would have to listen to find out. Okay. Because we we literally we take the literal meanings for it. So I don't know if you ever heard the song Ignition, but there's one po- spot <clears throat> there's one point where he's like, uh, red light means stop, uh, yellow light means slow down, <laughs> and green light means go. And we're like, hey, maybe he's a Maybe he's a driving instructor teaching us how to drive through this song. What's the second episode about? Uh, the second episode is Eddie Murphy's Boogie in the Butt. Oh, Jesus Christ. It is very immature, Jorge, <laughs> but I love it. It's so good. It's, I'm, I'm not judging you. It's great. You look I'm laughing just it's the concept great. itself. It's, it's like it's supposed to be. Uh, it's Where can people check it out? Um, Rhythm and Bros. Uh, SoundCloud. I don't know how to get to that. But yeah, just type in Rhythm and Bros under the search in SoundCloud. Mm. Yeah, it's some good stuff. We're actually going to do another episode soon. My loud mom. I can hear like. that. Yeah. <laughs> um. It's great. Well, like, I don't know what song we're going to pick next, but mm. hopefully it's a good one, and hopefully we have a lot of laughs. It's fun, man. It's just fun sitting down and talking, being ridiculous. Because that's mm. what we do anyways. We're like, might as well record it. Yeah. You know? I know we're immature about it, but... Rap is rap is ridiculous, and I love it. And on that note, we'll start, that's our, way, our our time. That's our time. Is that our time? That's our time. Jacob, pleasure having you here. Thank you, Jorge. It was fun. It was fun. It was good. And you can catch Jacob on Wednesday nights 
Yeah, for Scotty. For Scotty. Open mic, run by Jorge M. Sanchez. And occasionally. Uh, at on, a, at you get me on. Tw- I'm more active on Twitter now, which is amazing. Yeah. I, I can. I'm more active on Twitter. You can find me at wheelscomedy.com. Wheels no, com. not dot com. I don't know why I always say that. Every time I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get that website. Wheels Comedy on Twitter. Wheels Comedy did, did on you, Instagram. Did you buy the domain yet? I'm gonna buy it now. Right. I have. I said that on like four podcasts. Yeah. All right. What is your Twitter name again? Wheels Comedy. Wheels Comedy. And then Instagram also, where I post pictures of stuff. Wheels Comedy. Yeah. Got it. And I'm pretty sure I have an email. You have an email. You want to put that out there too? I don't know it. I made it. <laughs> I don't know it. You don't know your email? It's probably like Wheels Comedy. Dot hotmail.com. And hotmail.com. Gmail.com, maybe. Gmail. I made it and then I forgot. Kind of like what I did with your email. Which one? The Looking for St. Jorge. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, I made an email. And then I was like, I didn't make an email, but someone took that name and we need to find that guy. <laughs> you think it's a, you. I was like, oh, wait, I made that. <laughs> I made that. I was totally shocked when you told me that. It's like, hey, somebody took that already. It's like, what? Who out there is making Looking for St. Jorge? <laughs> At gmail.com. I am. Um, I'm a very forgetful guy, Jorge. <laughs> very forgetful guy. Hi, Jacob. Pleasure having you here, man. Thank you. Took a 15 minute ride to Yuma on a plane. Left to LAX with my mind still safe. Halfway there, started losing my mind. Then I figured out that airplanes fucking suck. Airplanes fucking suck. Thank you.